anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. Back on our regularly scheduled Tuesday programming. I, of course, am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me, of course, is our resident hillbilly, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's happening, man? Oh, not too much. Just Just another week. Yeah, another week. I got a fancy new green screen background. I'm pretty proud of myself for figuring this out. <laughs> Even though it's more incentive for people to it. go over to Rumble and watch the video. Yeah, there you go. Um, I might play around with the uh, maybe get a different design for this one because you can't really see the label, but it does look cool. It really pops, you know, the the red and and blue pills on here. So. We will be doing much more red pilling than blue pilling today, I think. Did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, pretty good. We, uh, My daughter had a play, so that was a lot of fun. And that was about, that was about it. We, uh, we are starting the demo side of this renovation on the house. It was uh, pretty cool tearing some stuff out of it and seeing what's underneath it's because it's an old it's like a really old farmhouse type of a type of a house and they covered it with like uh seven or eight maybe more layers of uh uh what's the shoot paper um well wallpaper wallpaper (laughs) that was that was a lot a lot more difficult than what i expected it to be uh yeah they had like seven or eight layers of wallpaper and then like paneling underneath that and so like after we started pulling all of this like just excessive crap off of it uh got to like the actual wood boards underneath and it's really nice like why anybody would have ever covered that with (laughs) with a with paneling and eight layers of wallpaper is beyond me Uh, which it was the same way in our old house like we tore up all the carpet and found these beautiful wood floors underneath like what the, what in the world were people thinking in the 60s and 70s when they covered up all this nice wood and you yeah. put wallpaper and carpet on everything <laughs> it is amazing uh, what what people will do to their places it's my my sister bought a house like that out on the the west coast and it was like you know it was like a a brady bunch kitchen kind of thing and like the um like the the laminate on the floors and the formica countertops and like or, burnt orange everything <laughs> just like jesus christ yeah so that was a lot of work and uh i got some of that coming on my end here because i'm planning on putting my place on the market next month but yeah there is no accounting for taste is there but uh anyway 
what do we got going on today? What do you want to start with? You want to start with the ghost gun stuff? Yeah, we can start with that since that's kind of the uh, the most recent thing that's come out and been the biggest thing in the news is Biden's renewed push for uh, extra gun control and cracking down and also cracking down on ghost guns. And Biden showed, did you see the video of Biden showing how, how easy it is to put the I lost you. I didn't catch any of that. You were, uh, you were frozen there for a second. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you were frozen on my end. I look fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Mexican internet can't handle a background. (laughs) That is very, that is very possible. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to use like less processing. If you have a green screen, it's instead of just like the virtual background, but I don't know. Let's try that again. Okay. So Biden, he was, uh, he, they had a video of him putting together one of these ghost guns, but the problem was like, it was already mostly assembled and all he had to do was take the two pieces and put the two pieces together. And he still failed to do even, even that much. Like he's like, Oh, see how easy it is. And then he just sets it down and doesn't actually get it put together. Like, like it's, they're supposed to be emphasizing how even a, a doddering 90 year old, can put together one of these ghost guns they're so easy (laughs) i mean he didn't whether he could or not he didn't actually attempt to he he held it up and showed it off and then he set it back down never made it anywhere and it's the whole thing was like fully manufactured it was uh ridiculous to say the least especially for anybody who knows how like basic weapons work like he was nowhere close what they gave him wasn't close to functional and and the amount of work that went into getting it to that point was way more than what the average idiot is going to be able to figure out anyway like it was just the whole thing was asinine and they're trying to make a point and and the problem is that the point that they're making plays to the ignorant crowd that doesn't know anything about guns anyway so like you're not winning over you're not winning over anybody who's on the like the pro 2A side of the argument, you're only winning over the people who are too stupid to know why they're wrong anyway. Which I guess that's most of the the left space is the people who are too stupid to know that they're too stupid. Yeah, it, well, it is always amazing to me how people will form such a, like, um, a concrete stance on something. They'll be staunchly against it for, or staunchly for it, but they don't even know why. And they know or next to nothing about it. And it seems like the less people know about a topic, the the more like uh, vehement they are in their like idiotic beliefs about everything. But hang on. So let's let's take a step back and explain what a ghost gun is for all of the listeners out there. I mean, we do have a, a fair amount of uh, female listeners and they might not be into all this gun stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's a stereotype. But yeah. I think for a libertarian podcast, our female numbers are pretty good, which is still pretty pathetic by other podcast standards, but you know, 12% or something, we're crushing it. So what, what is a ghost gun? Because it just sounds like, I I don't know what people think that people that aren't into guns, what they think that actually means. So a ghost gun is a lot like ghost dad, only it won't sexually molest you like Bill Cosby. Oh no, wait, that's not right at all. A ghost gun is... Uh, so it's 3d printed. Okay. 
so that's a lot more technical. A ghost gun is technically, like at its base definition, any gun or weapon that isn't regulated or tracked by the government. So it doesn't have serial codes. It doesn't go through standard exchanges, stuff like that. Um, the big thing that gets an example made of it are like 3D printed guns and stuff like that. But like that's that that's way over complicating it. Like I can take a metal tube and a basic firing pin and create a ghost gun that's effectively looks like a walking stick. Like you can create a single in it. Uh, rednecks do it all the time. Like you can create a single shot uh, shotgun barrel with just a something that'll engage a firing pin and and a, uh, a metal. Um, so any anything technically can be a ghost gun. What they specifically are talking about are like the, the 80% uh, lowers and the, the uppers, the stuff that is, so the uppers are made on a mill and with a lathe and like there is a lot of technical expertise that is needed to, to complete a, a handmade gun. Like, so there are programs that you can make the lowers on any three, but just about any 3D printer fairly easily but like the metal side of it in order to make a gun that's actually functional you have to use metal at some point uh the plastic will just blow apart if you try to run a bunch of you know a bunch of rounds of ammunition through nothing but plastic like it's it just there's no way to hold up so you have to make parts of it from metal um and in order to do that there is a lot of technical at least knowledge that is necessary like you're not just like have you ever run a mill or a lathe or done metal work of any sort? I don't even know what that second thing that you said is. A lathe? See, perfect. So you, the way that the, the government I'm is pitching it is... a fucking city boy, bro. <laughs> the way the government is pitching it is you could just go build you a ghost gun like it was nothing. Uh, you're just going to build it from scratch and make you this completely untraceable gun. And then go on a rampage. That, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then you can just go on a rampage with it and kill everybody. Um, except that it's really not that easy at all. I like, I've got literal years of training, running mills and lays, and doing metalwork and stuff. And it would probably take it would take a, a bit of effort for me to to get it right and and do everything properly. So it's not like super super easy. Uh, there are kits, but even the kits require quite a bit of uh, the kits themselves where you can get the uppers and lowers and everything else. It still requires quite a bit of uh, being able to build something. And those do have a certain amount of traceability, not to mention like the number of ghost guns that are used in actual like what's considered violent crime are incredibly low statistically speaking like they claim that the uh that the fbi and the atf uh confiscated some like 600 and something ghost guns over the last four or five years i think it is so like in raids and stuff they confiscated 600 and something ghost guns over five years not real high numbers and they don't specify the number of those that are actually functional and they have very, very few uh, 
occurrences where they can actually trace that a crime was committed where one of these guns was used. So it's it's the big like it's the big liberal talking point and it's the buzzword that gets everybody interested in more gun control. But at the end of the day, it's it's really just that like it's a lot of uh, hollow platitudes that the federal government's throwing out there to to cater to their base because I mean at this point they got to have something to make their base feel good about because there's nothing else going on that anybody would feel good about. Yeah, there's I mean there's a lot here that sort of um, illuminates a lot of the tactics that they use and they do it in a lot of they do it with abortion where they get hung up on like oh the people that were raped or, you know it's like okay what percentage of abort they always cling to like this little tiny portion of things and try to extrapolate a whole policy based on that it's what they use to get their foot in the door and then they fucking throw that thing wide open and and the floodgates open up and you know it, it also reminds me of the financial regulation that they're trying to do with bank with bank accounts and cash transactions or cryptocurrencies where they claim that it's about you know you know thwarting drug lords and and all this criminal financial activity but again that's what they that's what they tell you so that you support the legislation that they're going to use to fucking hang you basically and yeah, in my mind, I'd much rather have uh, you know cryptocurrency be legal and the small criminal element that's going to use it for criminal purposes that I probably don't even think is criminal in most cases. Uh, I'm fine with that as long as I get to use it for you know freedom activities and, and you know keeping myself from being traced by the you know the government which has a much bigger track record when it comes to massacres and gun violence than the average uh, American person. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting to watch them try to navigate these wires. Like these are the guys that are running guns to fucking Mexico and losing track of them, uh, getting people killed. Like that can actually be linked to crimes and, and they're coming after like some guy in his basement with a 3D printer They're you know, they do sell these um, these parts, though, online. Right. Because I saw that they were sold out like the lower when they say like the lower 80, they basically mean the portion of the gun that you hold on to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the part yeah. that you hold on to and you can buy these kits online and they're already made. Right. You just buy that and then you put the rest of the gun together yourself. And it's sort of yeah, a way of getting much. around a lot of the yeah the regulations that they have in place. And they're wanting to the the big thing that they want to do with that is serialize that. But like that's again that's it's hollow platitudes. Like they can't if people are making that stuff themselves, there's no way that they can truly have any level of regulation of that. Like if if you were making it for yourself and not selling it, then they currently can't regulate it at all i don't think like i don't think there's any level of regulation on a ghost gun or like manu uh personally manufactured guns so they're using like the commerce clause or something to just justify the yeah yeah so if it's gonna if you're gonna be selling it then it has to be serialized that way it's traceable and all of this stuff but it's been brought up multiple times, like whenever looking at the war on drugs and all of this other stuff, uh, the, the COVID vaccine mandates, like 
the federal government just doesn't have the manpower to enforce this stuff. So it's all it's all dumb, hollow, dumb talking points and just platitudes that ultimately amount to nothing. And there's not going to be any like significant change in current gun regulation because the Supreme Court has already started taking on more more Second Amendment related cases than I ever thought they would and have been ruling in favor of the Second Amendment. So like they're not going to they're not going to push this issue too much. Uh, at least I, I can't see that they would. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's it's an interesting time to sort of watch all this take place because we are getting to those where technology is moving so much faster than government can keep up with it. So there's like that sort of silver lining and like whatever regulation they can come up with, you know, the one thing that we have going for us when you're fighting like a big bumbling bureaucracy is that we're fast and nimble and they're slow and dumb and bumbling and it takes them forever to do things. And so by the time they come up with this, we'll have like 14 other ways of getting around it. The one thing I would say there is that like once they get some of this stuff in place, like the punishments that they can rain down on you can be pretty fucking severe. So, uh, yeah, I, even if they, you know, even if we are one step ahead of them, I still don't want them getting stuff on the books that they can come and, you know, and do one of these like dumbass, almost like a traffic stop, right? Like, oh, I smell marijuana and then get you for like something else that lands you in a cage for 10, 20 years. Do I smell burning plastic? I need to <laughs> yeah. your printer. Yeah. So what's what's going on with the um, the actual um, the, the, this new ghost gun rule? Is this going into effect? Where are we in the process? Not very far along. Um, basically, Biden is Biden used it as a talking point to say that if Congress would just put the legislation on his desk, that he would sign it to enact all of this new gun control in order to harder for people to buy ghost guns buy these different parts and yada 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 but okay. they won't they won't do it he and he has like as of right now he has the house and the senate like he could realistically do it but they're not going to there's no there is no actual legislation that's uh that's going to congress there is nothing actually in the works for it it's just a talking point because there have been uh, I think there were a handful of shootings over the weekend. Like there was one in Indianapolis. There was one somewhere out in Iowa, uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, and like, like the one in Grand Rapids was effectively it. like it wasn't like a random shooting. Like this guy was going after somebody specifically. Uh, like the one in Indianapolis, I can't remember all of the details around it, but like it was somebody that was disgruntled. Um, there have been a couple other instances here over the last couple of weeks. And the, like, so I, I went on uh, break the bell last night with, uh, with Craig and, and uh, Bill, and we talked about a lot of this stuff. And like most of these instances where there's been a mass shooting or something of that nature, these people who, who carry out the shooting have been on an FBI watch list for, years or you know in some cases years and most of them for at the very least 
months and have been reported multiple times to local authorities and to the FBI. Um, so, you know, maybe instead of cracking down on gun control, they should actually go follow up on the violent people who are being reported and that they've been watching for literally months. I don't know, just a crazy idea of, you know, law enforcement do the job they're supposedly being paid to do. Yeah, dude, they're, they're way too busy entrapping people to uh, take out the governor of, uh, is it Minnesota? Where was that one? Mich- Michigan. Michigan. Same shit. <laughs> Michigan. Yeah. So you those see that? Two- they all got off. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Um, yeah. And that's sort of par for the course. They're never doing what most of the American people want them to do. And that's part of the problem with, you know, not having a market in this area where it's just like, there's no, <laughs> there, there's nothing, you know, enticing them to use the funds in the way that the funds were intended to be used or their time. You know, how many you know, detectives should we have on this? How many resources should we devote to that? It's impossible for them to determine that because of the, the nature of government and the way it's funded through force. And there's no, there's no voluntary interaction there. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, let's see, uh, Biden said that Biden said those who commit a crime using a ghost gun should expect federal prosecution as if it's not illegal to commit a crime with any other gun or. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's always like, again, I, I don't understand why more people don't understand that point where it's like, Oh well, you know we should just make this a no gun zone, and that's going to stop the the mass shooter from shooting people because you know you don't want to violate the no smoking sign where they swapped out the cigarette for the pistol. <laughs> yeah, you have no qualms about shooting twenty five unarmed innocent people point blank range. That you're fine with that, but that little no smoking sign with a gun and picture in it—that's what's going to deter you. It's. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And why more people don't seem to understand what motivates people and what doesn't motivate people and just logically think about think this through. I, I guess it's just a matter of them being really uncomfortable with with guns being around because they're not used to them being around. Like anybody that's familiar with firearms seems to be a lot more comfortable with the idea of people having them on their person. The main problem is that it's not illegal to murder people with guns. It's just illegal to murder people generally. Like we need to specify that guns are the thing that you can't do it with. And that'll take care of it. Like, because, you know, it's not enough that murder is illegal already. It's we need to crack down on guns specifically. Like it's, that's the insanity of it. Like if we have more gun control, then people will stop killing other people it's like um you know it's already illegal to kill people right like that's that's clearly not the problem well you're gonna make it harder for them to get it's like i was gonna kill this guy but then it was like an extra you know couple days of paperwork i just sort of got over it's like i I don't think so i don't think it works that way either um yeah it's i i don't know what what to say to to try to convince the you know the david hogs of the world of the uh the heirs of their ways and then uh like like england has some pretty strict gun control already like 
some incredibly strict gun control. Now they also have like a knife crackdown. Like you're, you're not allowed to carry a knife. Like, yeah. So obviously it's uh, obviously <laughs> taking away the guns is the, is the thing that just completely stops people from murdering each other. That's, that's why you, that's why you don't, or that's why you have to crack down on knives as well. Right. Yeah. And you know, but Chicago too, where I'm from has, you know, historically very strict um, gun control stuff. They do have, um, you can get concealed carry there now. Um, you have to like take classes and stuff. I did it. I think mine expires now this year. So probably won't be renewing that. Um, but, you know, the carjackings are like on the rise in Chicago. All all kinds of crimes are on the rise. It doesn't seem to be, you know, they're, they're carjacking people with guns. I don't think they're ghost guns. Um, I, I don't think these guys on like the South side of Chicago are 3d printing guns. I just don't. I think they're probably getting them from some fucking ATF plan, run amok to, to run guns into the fucking black neighborhoods or something. Uh, which by the way, um, uh, a lady that I used to work with, this was a uh, year, maybe like 10 years ago was apparently, um, carjacked like a few months ago and she like tried to drive away and ended up crashing was in a coma for a few months woke up and then just died last week from complications from that like i'm starting to know a lot of people now that are actually becoming victims of these crimes it's like the third person that i know that's been carjacked in the last two years it's the first one i've known that's died of it but i also know somebody who's been shot up by gang gang bangers down on the on the south side of chicago a, a few years ago and just like random you know like initiation kind of shit if um, they would just do like that uh that town in california where everybody just leaves their doors and everything and trunks open so that the thieves and vandals can steal what they want then they don't have to worry about carjackings and they don't have to worry about windows getting broken. They just leave, leave everything open, let them take whatever they want. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, it's the Lori Lightfoot's of the world. Shocking that, you know, a a city run by fucking Lori Lightfoot is going to shit. I mean like that, I don't even think she can run like her own life, let alone an entire goddamn city. And she definitely can't run her own wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just getting dressed in the morning is like a tall, tall fucking order. And yeah, we're starting to see these these cities just crumble under under this type of uh, this like liberal mentality that I, I don't know. I I never really understood where it came from. And I I get you know the pendulum kind of swings both ways. You know, you get on the right, you get like really strict with stuff. And then, you know, the pendulum swings the other way and you get really liberal with things. And then maybe you you find somewhere in the middle. But man, watching what's happening to these big Democratic run cities throughout the U.S. is just it's like watching a car accident in slow motion. You know, you everybody knows what's going to happen when you come out with these retarded fucking policies. Oh, we're just going to let people steal up to a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Oh, we're not going to like enforce, you know, like these petty crimes and, and, you know, things on trains and shit like that. We're just going to give them a citation. We're not going to. And you start letting all these little things go. And, you know, I don't think it's a surprise now that people are just walking into a fucking Walgreens with filling up a shopping cart and walking out without paying for it. 
uh, you know, like who could have seen that coming? Well, and the crazy thing about all this gun control is they act like you need more and more and more, but the, the cities and states that have the most extensive gun control laws are the ones where you see the biggest problems with this. I, they always use this completely bogus and manipulated number uh, for, for gun violence, where it shows that like Alaska and Alabama and some of these like really red states have the highest percentage of gun violence, um, but they include suicides in those numbers. Well, like when you take suicides out of it, it's it's California, Illinois, Maryland. Like it's it's the usual suspects, and and the only one like the only red state that falls in that list when you remove suicides from it is Texas. But if you drill in on Texas, it's Houston, it's Austin, like it's the big cities. So it's like, it's always that, I mean, that's always the case that it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like years ago, I remember because before Chicago had like concealed carry, there was a lot of debate and I was following it really closely. And it's like, yeah, we had like the, the strictest fucking gun control uh, rules and the like pe- more people were being killed in Chicago than in fucking Iraq and Afghanistan combined every year. Like all of these statistics, they all work in favor of less government intervention. And, and it's just like the, the COVID stuff. I guess that's probably a pretty good transition. But every fucking state that has the looser COVID restrictions seems to have done miraculously better with COVID than the ones that had the the strictest lockdowns and um, sort of along those lines, our favorite fucking highest paid government employee, Dr. Fauci is back in the news. Apparently changing his tune a little bit. He is now saying that, you know, COVID's here to stay. We're not going to eradicate it and people should be free to sort of decide for themselves what their risk tolerance is. Each individual has to make a risk calculation because we're going to have to live with this virus to some degree. It is, it is fucking unbelievable. I guess we can, let's just play the clip right now and uh, we'll, we'll react to it. Hang on. Regarding those mitigation efforts, I, I want to get your reaction to something that was written, an op-ed in the, in the Washington Post by Dr. Uh, Leanna Wen, a former public health official. She writes, quote, By the way, Leanna Wen, fuck her too. Fuck her too. We've talked about her before on the podcast. She was the one that was saying that they needed the, the vac- to use the vaccine as the fucking carrot to getting your fucking freedoms back. And now she's all of a sudden singing a different tune. So fuck her and fuck Fauci, but let's go ahead and roll it. This point in the pandemic, we have to accept that infections will keep occurring. During the winter Omicron surge, almost half of Americans contracted the coronavirus. The new Omicron subvariant BA2 is even more contagious. The price to pay to avoid coronavirus infection is extremely high. Some Americans might choose to continue to pay that price, but I suspect most won't. At the, the point where we have to accept there is going to be um, and uh, the, the cases, thanks to the prevalence of the vaccine, won't be as serious. We can kind of get back to normal lives knowing that there's a risk out there. At this point. You know, Joan, yeah. I think she you know, take Dr. Wen articulated that 
pretty well. There will be, and we've said this many times, even in our own discussions between you and I, that there will be a level of infection. This is not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. And what's going to happen is that we're going to see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take in going to indoor dinners and going to functions, even within the realm of a green zone uh, 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 map of the country where you see everything looks green, but it's starting to tick up. So you're going to make a question and an answer for yourself For me as an individual, for you as an individual, what is my age? What is my status? Do I have people at home who are vulnerable that if I bring the virus home, there may be a problem? So we're at that point where, in many respects, she's correct, that we're going to have to live with some degree of virus in the community. Okay. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. Imagine, imagine taking that approach to this. I mean, you have to decide for yourself if, you know, the risk is worth going to that indoor function or that restaurant. It's like, yeah, uh, we've been trying to do that for two fucking years. And you guys were boarding up restaurants, arresting the fucking owners, closing down gyms, ruining people's fucking lives. Fuck you. You don't just get to walk this bag and be like, oh, yeah, well, we've been saying this forever. We've had many discussions about how everybody needs to make their individual risk calculation. No, 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 no. They did the exact fucking opposite of that. There was no individual anything. There were mandates. There were fucking unelected bureaucrats raining down on people coming up with the most ridiculous policies where you were not talk about not being able to be an individual. You weren't even allowed to think about how dumb this shit is. Putting your fucking mask on when you walk through the doorway of a place and then taking it off individual risk calculations your age is all of a sudden an important thing your risk factor like apparently not everybody is at risk for covid anymore or the same risk right old older people people with comorbidities you know who's at home do i have older people at home everybody was already gonna fucking do these calculations mentally like you just do that that's how you go through life you calculate the risk of everything He said, no, 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 we can't do that. Here's our one blanketed bullshit government solution to this. And for two years, they beat down anybody that was trying to resist this this type of approach. They ruined people's businesses. They ruined people's lives. They broke up families. People have been committing suicide at higher rates. The children are completely fucked with their developmental issues now because they've been walking around looking at people's face covered in masks for two years. Oh, yeah, we've been having plenty of conversations between us about how we need to live with this and it's not going to be eradicated. Oh, get the fuck out of here, man. Unbelievable. Hey, guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee. Promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty. 
as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. Did you see this article from Bloomberg? It's uh, COVID could be surging in the U.S. right now, and we might not even know it. I like, saw the headline for that. Yeah, I didn't read it because it's like, yeah, the no disease, shit. A disease so deadly that we don't even know that it's surging. Yeah. In other words, it's not a fucking problem. And, and like all you had to do was look around in like your individual lives, like your circles to know that, man, these numbers were like complete bullshit the whole time. We've been saying this for years. We got kicked off of fucking YouTube for pointing this out. Um, I don't know how many other like platforms have been like shadow banning me and shit. For uh, we've, exactly- uh, we've been restricted on Facebook for a while, too. Yeah, yeah, for saying exactly what this motherfucker is trying to just come out and just like nonchalantly come up with this. Oh, yeah, and Leanna Wen has like the perfect, she articulated that so great. And this is, yeah, this is like the the approach that we should be taking. And the guy's like, at this point, at this point. So what changed? What exactly changed from March of 2020 to April of 2022 that, and now all of a sudden we get to make individual risk calculations. And along those lines, this was uh, sent to me by somebody who, uh, who lives in Minnesota. And um, these numbers, these, this is worse than, I mean, I had very low expectations for the way that they were calculating uh, COVID deaths and hospitalizations and all that shit. This is worse than I thought it was. I don't know. I, I know I sent you this article. I don't know uh, what your reaction to it was, if it was on par with what you thought or if it was actually worse or maybe better. Um, it, it it wasn't entirely surprising, but yeah, yeah. go ahead and go into it because it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I expected it, but I didn't, ex- uh, I didn't expect to actually see it. Like in writing. Yeah. yeah. Now they put it in writing. It's just out there and nobody's really talking about it. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, people should be able to make their own decisions now. Motherfucker. So anyway, um, well, the, the main, the main uh, sort of like uh, headline here was that only 291 or 2.67% of the almost 11,000 um, death certificates that in Minnesota that were labeled COVID deaths. So 10,903 certificates of COVID deaths, 291 of those were because of COVID, solely because of COVID. The other fucking 97% of them had comorbidities. Three quarters of them, I think, had at least three comorbidities half of them had four comorbidities. Like that's you're morbidly obese. You have hypertension, diabetes, high blood, like all this shit. You've been double fisting cheeseburgers for 60 years and drinking big gulps and sitting on your fucking can all day long. And all of a sudden you get sick and you die of COVID. And I mean, I guess we could read there. It's kind of a long article, but like the crazy thing about this article is it, it almost perfectly mirrors a similar study that was released by the CDC like around mid to late summer of last year that said that 
the overwhelming, I think it was, I think it was like 90, 92 to 95% of, of all COVID deaths were, uh, had something else wrong. There was a very, very small percentage that was just COVID. And when you looked at the ones who, who died with COVID, not specifically from COVID, they had a average of four comorbidities, like an average of four. Yeah. Yeah. And to just pick the the COVID thing. And we all know why this is, or at least one of the reasons why is because hospitals were getting fucking funding for labeling things. Again, imagine that. Imagine that. I mean, it's so obvious to, to see through this stuff if you don't just like blindly take these politicians for for uh at face value for what they're saying but yeah this this guy i forget the whoever wrote this article he did a a pretty scathing article it's like you know uh, in march 20 uh 2020 they announced that 74,000 minnesotans would die from covid unless they put the lockdown in place and that between 50 and 55,000 would die even with the lockdown as the governor is saying this um yeah, 5,000 Minnesotans would be hospitalized, 3,400 would be in the ICU. These numbers proved to be wildly incorrect. Um, Do they get into the, the age range? Because this isn't even a, we're not even talking about eight. Like how many of those four comorbidity people were over the age of fucking 70? I bet you almost all of them. You know, it's like the other half are just like really, really old people that you, I mean, you have to die of something. I, I don't know what to tell you when you get over the age of 70. Like, I don't know how much time you have left, but it ain't much, you know? Um, it, it's just amazing to me that they can, now that we have these numbers, are there, are there going to be any repercussions for this? You just falsified fucking two years worth of data. You're way, way, way off. 97% wrong. We're just we're just gonna okay, nothing to see here, no big deal. Well, okay, maybe now you you're allowed to exercise some individual risk assessment for that. Now that we lie, ninety seven. They basically got it a hundred percent. They 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 completely made up these numbers. They're completely off. They were completely misleading the American people. And you know it wasn't just in Minnesota. You know it was fucking everywhere. Everywhere was was coming out with these numbers. All these hot. We've been talking about this for years, so I don't really want to like beat this to death. But yeah, seven out of ten death certificates listed at least three comorbidities. Five out of ten had uh, at least four. Three point four out of ten listed at least five comorbidities. Um. It's unbelievable. And this is, you know, these these bullshit models that they came up with, that's how they justified all of the, the, the government overreach that they, you know, they locked down the country. We've never seen anything like this the last couple of years. And then to, inf- to justify their, their overreach, they lie to you about the numbers for two years and they exaggerate everything. And well, like the projections that they were using, was uh what what was the school or the the university that it was coming out of in in england 
the numbers that they were using for all of the projections. And those were consistently consistently being proven to be like not just wrong, but like astronomically wrong. And then they just Cartoonish. kept using those projections. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, they listed some of the comorbidities. Would you like to hear them? Uh, pulmonary embolisms, sepsis, blunt force, craniocerebral injuries. <laughs> Traumatic brain injury caused by a pedestrian being struck by a car, hypertension and throat cancer, um, acute kidney injuries, yeah, renal failure, like emphysema, all this shit. Like these are major comorbidities. Like I got cracked in the like, fucking like, skull with a lead pipe, died of COVID. Like you might, you might could could say that that like sepsis was a a side effect of COVID, but <laughs> like blunt force trauma to the head. That's not, yeah. that's not a side effect of of COVID. Like that's not a comorbid, like that. What that tells me is that in a significant number of people were dying in car accidents or other like completely not COVID related type of situations. And then it was getting counted as COVID because they tested positive for COVID either in the hospital or post-mortem. Yeah. Well, and all the incentives lined up to, yeah, COVID, you know, like you'll get extra funding, you get to be, you know, extra cautious and you get to justify all the extra uh, intrusion into people's lives. The reason people weren't able to exercise individual risk assessments up until then was because look at all these people dying of COVID. And it turns out for the year of 2020, the average age of a COVID death certificate was 80.84 years. Okay. For 2021, the average age was 74.07. Um, yeah. So Minnesota's listed by state is COVID deaths were over the age of 90. Uh, 20%, sorry, over the age of 90, 50% over the age of 80, and 74% over the age of 70. Only eight COVID deaths occurred in those under the age of 20, and only 209 in those under the age of 40. And my guess would be those, you know, those 200, uh, that's 229. Uh, no, eight plus 29. Okay, whatever. Um, those were the the ones that had tons of comorbidities. Like they probably had leukemia or something <laughs> like you. It wasn't just like this 15 year old kid walking around that just died of COVID all of a sudden. It, I mean, this is fucking unbelievable that this is what's coming out now. And Fauci's like, yeah, maybe you're allowed to think about your age group as your risk assessment and maybe some of your comorbidities. Like, obviously, Obviously, that's what we should have been doing this whole time. Why haven't we been doing it this whole time? Why, as soon as we got these numbers out of 2020, why couldn't we do this? You know, why did it take this long? And where's the outrage? Besides me, I'm livid. I'm so fucking angry. At, I mean, like, you just go on there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, Everything that all these people that we've been labeling like fucking pariahs for the last two years is 100% accurate. I don't think we've gotten anything wrong about COVID this entire time. Nothing. 
And we, you know, people people like us get fucking shit on. We get kicked off of platforms. We get demonetized. All, all these doctors that were blowing the fucking whistles before. And, and here's the highest paid fucking government employee. This guy's making what? 400 grand a year or some shit like that. Right. Still doing it. Uh, um, imagine getting th- something like this that wrong. Like you're one goddamn, you have one responsibility. <laughs> like, and y- y- you whiff this badly on it. Still employed, still making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, you know, four to five, maybe six times what the average American is making. The average American who he won't let fucking work, won't let you put food on the table. He doesn't have to suffer anything for these fucking policies. Like he doesn't even have to abide by the policies himself unless the camera's on him. They, they, they suffer nothing. They impose all this shit on other people that are just like literally trying to scrape by and mostly because they have to pay the salaries of these bloated fucking worthless piece of shit bureaucrats like Anthony Fauci. Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the more we, the more that comes out about it, the more we see that all the conspiracy theorists got it right the whole time. And all the people who were trusting science were just trusting a narrative. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, we've redefined science now. And I, I think you have to be a, a scientist in order to define science, apparently. <laughs> you got to be a biologist to define gender, a scientist to tell you what science is. But yeah, hey, look at the science. All right, we've, we've been looking at the science. And if, the, if these numbers were fucking reversed, if they were the exact opposite of everything that I've been screaming into the microphone since April of 2020... Then I yeah I would I wouldn't just be like oh yeah you know now we're at the point where we can just no I would have to be extremely apologetic and probably close up shop because who would still be listening to me you know what I mean and they and they just get to kind of walk it back nice and slow it drives me fucking crazy yep and that's the world we live in anyway I think we're coming up on time here because you got to go you got to go work. So you can pay I gotta get to work tonight. Yeah. So you can pay Anthony Fauci's fucking salary. Isn't it great that we're paying this guy 400 some odd thousand dollars a year to get everything completely wrong and then tell us that he didn't get it like act like he didn't get it wrong and then walk back and like agree with everything that you know we've been saying people uh, libertarians have been saying this entire time no apology, no repercussions, nothing. Unbelievable. I'm not saying I deliberately fill out my tax information incorrectly on my employment paperwork, but I don't actually pay anything in and nor will I send them anything whenever they send me the bill. Yeah. Well, it is, it is that time of year. You got, you got three days to um, pay your protection money so that the government doesn't come after you and throw you in a cage do on the 15th. I don't think they've, have they extended it yet because of COVID or something? I know they extended it last year to like July. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, where my accountant is out of it was in the path of those tornadoes that went through there was a lot of damage done and so there was extensions that were allowed for people who lived in that part of the country and so i think my accountant uh filed mine under the extension for everybody there so i had more time to get it in gotcha have have a good find a good accountant that's that's my 
advice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad that you, you gotta, you have to pay somebody to avoid, you know, all these like outrageous fucking taxes that we pay. And, and this is what it goes to, to funding. Uh, the, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about today that I don't think we've, you got five more minutes. Uh, I, I need to put some clothes on and, uh, yeah, that's the, the handy All thing about video. Like, you don't I just want to make fun down. of the, the, the CNN plus <laughs> rollout being an epic failure. They actually rolled that out. Like I, I didn't think they would actually do it after the, uh, it just got like such lackluster reception the whole time they were trying to promote it and pitch it. Like yeah. I, I'm, I was surprised they actually went through with it. <laughs> well, it's not unlike a, basically just a government agency rolling out a streaming service. Like nobody wants to watch this fucking channel for free. Let's try to charge them six bucks a month. And 10, they spent $250 million trying to roll this out. They got 10,000 fucking subscribers, which is more than I even thought. Um, anyway, I, you know, hey, they're, we they're didn't, on par with the Lions of Liberty. Good yeah, for them. Right. And they were going to do their plan was to spend like a billion dollars over four years. And they had like these projections. They're as ridiculous as all of their fucking COVID projections. They thought they were going to have real quick. I know you got to go, but this is just too funny to not. They thought they were going to have around 2 million subscribers in the first year, 15 to 18 million. So yeah, they're right on par with all their COVID predictions. Now I will say that if they would just put like that display that we had on with that, what we didn't talk about with that college kid and uh, Brian Stelter, if they're going to do that and charge six bucks a month, I might sign up for it. Yeah. And those kids are awesome. The, the, uh, those are the kids from the Chicago thinker. It's a Chicago university, like student newspaper that has taken off to replace the terrible woke leftist student newspapers. And they are phenomenal. Like if you haven't heard of the Chicago thinker, you should absolutely go look them up. They've got a they got a website. They've done some inter- they've done a bunch of interviews and stuff here lately. Uh, a couple of them were on a bonus show that Buck had that came out over yeah, the weekend. I listened to that. These one. kids yeah. are these kids are sharp. Like you should anybody who hasn't heard of them, go check them out because they they are really something. Like it it gives me some hope for the future of this country. The fact that there are kids out there like college age kids that are doing this kind of thing it's it's really impressive. Yeah, it was refreshing. And like I said, if CNN wants that to be a fucking success, you just got to have that. That's what you charge for. Like, like fucking smart, like libertarian kids questioning the Brian Stelters of the world, just holding their fucking feet to the fire and watching them squirm. Somebody would pay five bucks a month for that. But you don't even have to pay that for this show. It is free. But if you want to become a supporting listener to the show and join us for our Friday night happy hour, Justin said he's going to make it this time. We're going to do it at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I think so. Yeah, 7.30 this yep. Friday. You got to become a supporting listener of the show. Go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. Set up a recurring monthly donation, and I will send you the invite every other Friday. We do that. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, join the private Facebook group as well. Great meme stream in there. Maybe one of the better ones on the internet. It was on fire the last couple of weeks, like pound for pound. Like I, I I've seen like uh, Facebook groups with like ten thousand more members than we have, and like three quarters of the amount of memes. So uh, join that, and uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Anything you got to plug? No, not today. All right. 
you guys do all that for us and we will be back on friday i think before the happy hour maybe we'll just do an episode and roll it right into the happy hour with a brand new episode for you and until then you guys know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace